0: so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Because of today's guest, I've come to a very important conclusion. Freedom isn't free. Every day that we are blessed to get up, we must thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for another day, And we should also thank the brave soldiers and servicemen that afforded us the freedoms that we enjoy. They have selflessly sacrificed their time, their energy, and sadly, sometimes even their lives so that we could live in peace. And I must confess, I haven't always recognized this sacrifice appropriately. And it's something that I'm committing to working on in 2023. I want to offer our veterans more than thank you for your service. And that's why I'm happy to have with me on the show today on the National Guard's birthday, retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy lowry Gallowitz. She understands firsthand the struggles that those who serve face, and she wants to be a part of the solution. Kathy challenges us to be more mindful, of their important contributions, and to really appreciate freedom and all its benefits through honoring those who sacrifice for us. She's going to give us all some very practical steps that we can take to make a difference in the life of a veteran. So I want you to listen up and take action, whether it's big or small, it all matters. We owe our veterans more. Let us all be a part of the solution. Enjoy. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy lowry Gallowitz. we're so excited to have you here with us on the show today. Tank, thank you for making time to be here.
1: Oh gosh, Tam, thank you for taking interest in me, my passions and the Lord's work through military ministry.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. This is important stuff. I don't think I realized how important it was until you and I connected. So I definitely want to leverage this time as an opportunity to help people understand uh, why the work that you do is so important and how they can be a part of it. But before we get to that, let's talk about you. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background, and why military feeding that audience, making sure that they're getting taken care of is so important to you.
1: I grew up as a Navy brat, so to speak. My father was active duty Navy, and so I grew up moving around the world, supporting his military career. uh, Two sort of very uh, life-changing or very unique experiences. It's typical for military kids was I went to a French speaking preschool in Paris, France. So I knew hmm. French uh, fluently, probably even better than English very at a very young age. Wow. And then in the middle of my junior year in high school, uh, my dad came home and said, I've got orders to be a commanding officer of a, a, a communication station. I was like, where dad? And he said, well, on a small island in the North Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Now, I'd lived somewhere wow, for 7 years, which was a long time for a military family. I had the strongest sense of belonging I'd ever known and frankly have never since replaced, okay? Mm. I was. I had all kinds of friends. My first boyfriend. I just got my driver's license. Right. That's that's a big thing. That's a for big a kid, one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. I was. I was a Girl Scout and uh, on my way to completing my gold award. And I was a varsity cheerleader in a class of four hundred. So we moved wow. to a, a small <laughs> Department of Defense high school where I graduated in a class of thirty in Keflavik, Iceland. Right now, it was just a very life-changing event. Then I went on to go to school in Germany, went to three colleges in four years. Dad paid for nursing school. Air Force nursing was my first choice career. When my uh, first husband and I were ready to get off active duty Air Force and settle down, I really wanted to give my children roots because I never had them, you know? And and it's a whole different life experience when you don't have that commonality and and your comfort zone and, and roots. And so... We chose a uh, mid-sized town in central Ohio to give the kids roots and start a business. And so it was about that time at about age of, at about the age of 35, by that time, I'd lived in about 20 different communities. Mm. And I started to notice how my, my experiences had been, you know, pretty different. The first, the first experience was uh, during my divorce I had this tremendous girlfriend who came alongside of me and supported me in ways that I had not really experienced in, in my lifetime. I had friends that I could maybe call, but I had never really had friends next door, so to speak, mm-hmm. that you know could be with me through thick and thin. That was one thing. The other thing was I'd never been to a funeral other than for maybe a grandparent because I never lived long enough to know somebody who who had died. You know, you don't get to know your neighbors that well when you're moving so much. And the third piece was, I really didn't know how America worked. I'd taken civic classes, but um, I didn't really understand what city council was or county commission. And so I got involved in that arena to to really uh, learn and contribute best I could. So I, I had this heightened sensitivity about how everything seemingly had been influenced, uh, a, a military life had influenced everything about me and my mindset, my my friendships, my just just everything. And so, uh, at that point, I was like, "Huh, you know, maybe my life was a little unique or different." Mm-hmm. And then, when uh, after nine eleven, I was a public affairs officer, and we had the opportunity to start a never-been-done-before outreach program to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. And as the story goes, we were not reaching out to the faith community uh, after about six years into the office. And uh, a family readiness program leader in northern Ohio contacted me and said, you know, we really need the support of the faith community. I sent out 200 letters and didn't hear anything back from anyone her name was her name was margaret i said oh margaret thank you for contacting us because you know you need to spend all your time and energy taking care of the military families whereas our team you know we know how to do outreach we have the tools we have the time and so we want to support you so we started a clergy outreach program and from there we worked with the VA. The VA started the Community Clergy Training Program probably a decade ago because they really understood the unique opportunity that the faith community has to help our service members, in particular, with moral injury mm-hmm. and, and, and and practical support. You know, the, the faith community is, is well-suited for this work because of their their spiritual—I'll just say competency, for lack of a better word, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there and how important spirituality is in healing of all sorts, right? And then uh, faith communities are typically very hospitable. They they want to support people and welcome people, and that's what service members need, but veterans need after military service. Clergy are highly respected by military people. Most military people are people of faith and really have a good uh trusting confidential relationship with pastors during military service so they carry that respect and their you know confidentiality with them when they leave military service and then the other key part of why a faith community is so valuable to military connected people is that oftentimes, depending on the size of the church, there are existing support services like counseling or, mm. you know, welcome teams or you know other kinds of support services already in, uh, established mm-hmm. within that faith community. So it's it's not a heavy, heavy lift to really just be welcoming and supportive, practically and spiritually of uh the military members in your congregation and in your community so um from the 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 va was educating the clergy so we came alongside them and educated about 300 clergy or so in ohio and then after i left the military service we started a nonprofit to equip volunteers to equip volunteers to know how to lead a military ministry in partnership with clergy, because, you know, our clergy are overworked, mm-hmm. typically underpaid. underpaid. And, and you know what? Nothing happens without a strong volunteer. So through the nonprofit, we thought that that was really the way to go. And then, um, and now the nonprofit, I think, um, has ceased to exist. I moved to a different state. I now live in Phoenix area. And so now through Vanguard Veteran, I continue to do this work that the Lord has placed on my heart. I, I was reading the Bible this morning, you know, and trying to make some decisions. And um, you know, in Ezekiel, it says something like, you know, use your time wisely to help turn people towards the Lord. And uh he put this calling on my heart, you know, a, a decade or so ago. And I, I just I just keep doing everything I can to equip volunteers to lead these military ministries using my firsthand experience as a military ministry leader, using my, you know, some of my knowledge, um, as, as a nursing professional, and then also my training as a John Maxwell speaker, trainer, and coach. So it all kind of comes together to glorify the Lord and, uh, and support military connected people.
0: Does that answer your question? It it does. It does. And I am am sitting here, I'm like, wow, that is so intentional in all the he does, all of your experiences now allow you to be a blessing to other people that need it, right? And I think that is true for everyone that's listening to us right now. Like all of your experiences were for a purpose. God is using them so that you can be a blessing to other people. And so I'm just excited about this this calling that God has on your life. And, you know, this population of people is probably overlooked too often is what I'm thinking as I'm as, as we're chatting here today. And so being able to have someone like you that knows firsthand how important this is, give life to this mission and say, this is important. Don't forget the people that have made all of these sacrifices uh, for the freedoms that we enjoy. That's yes. what this conversation reminds me of. Like, I am enjoying freedoms, but it wasn't free to get it.
1: Yes, uh, ma'am. We 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 live in the land of the free because of the brave.
0: Yeah. Pure
1: and simple. And you know, it's so easy to take our freedom for granted. I I know I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are just so fortunate yeah, to live in this incredible country that we live in, but it is not free. It's not and free. and you know, um, uh, about three out of ten Americans are even eligible to participate in military service because of different things, like maybe they're overweight or they can't pass the, 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 the test, or maybe they've been in trouble with the law. And so people who do volunteer to support the, and, and to, who do volunteer to serve in the military, you know, it, it's our opportunity, if not responsibility to yeah. help them because they do help create our way of life Doggone Absolutely. it. And, and the other thing that's, that's so important is that, Military people are not "What are you gonna do for me?" kind of people. Usually, okay, Mm -hmm. we are taught to be team players. There's no "I" in team. It's not about me, okay. And so they're they're reluctant to ask for help, and they really don't like feeling vulnerable. There's a lot of stoicism in our culture. Okay. So um, that that's part of what a, a military ministry leader needs to understand is is some of the um, the great things and some of the challenging things that mi- that military people learn through their discipline and focus on duty and focus on mission instead of self. And so uh, that, that the help not having, Help-seeking behaviors can 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 be a challenge for military ministries. But fifty-five uh, percent of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans feel disconnected from mainstream America. Okay, so that's just one of the starting places. And the other figure is that about forty percent of our of our veterans have a difficult time finding meaning and purpose. Post military service and regaining touch with your spirituality, forty percent, and, and and moral injury is a real thing. It's a it's a violation of your belief systems and and your I beliefs. Want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, okay. I heard you say that earlier, and I actually wrote it down because I, I want to break that term down for our, our listening audience. Define moral injury. What does that mean?
1: It is a violation of a belief system. For instance. We are taught one of the commandments is, Thou shalt not kill. Well, the demands of war sometimes are kill or be killed. We are trained to fight and we are trained to do what's necessary on the battlefield. I mean, I'm not, right? But many, most of the military people, a lot of the military people are. I mean, that's just our core mission. That's what we're all about. And so, unfortunately, That is a requirement that is really tough to swallow. And um, so some military, some veterans feel, you know, how could God let war happen? Mm -hmm. Some feel like, you know, why did, why did I have to do this? And I'm ashamed. I have a lot of shame associated with the killing or the activities that I did in in war. Will God ever forgive me? Do I deserve forgiveness? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's that's a real tough thing and that, you know, that that's that can contribute to PTSD and um you know it takes kind of a skilled person to help unravel that and I'm not that skilled person to do that, okay? I just have a general understanding. The other thing I want to highlight though is that there's something called soul injury, which is different from moral injury. Soul injury was a term coined by Deborah Grassman and her team of hospice nurses who worked about 30 years in the VA in Tampa, Florida. And they found a constellation of symptoms primarily amongst combat veterans. They helped 10,000 veterans at their end of life experience Mm. and found that this constellation of symptoms centered on unmourned loss and unforgiven guilt and shame. Different from moral injury, but certainly heavy impact on you emotionally. Okay. So um, once they helped those primarily combat veterans grieve their losses and forgive themselves and others for things they, you know, in many cases couldn't control, right. Mm -hmm. Once they uh, had more forgiveness for themselves and others, and mourn their losses, they had a much more peaceful death. So there's a book called Peace at Last, which is really good for families of combat veterans or the combat veteran, him or herself to really kind of get in touch with, you know, how did you come out of that experience? I mean, it's, it's, it's very traumatic and one has to focus on, you know, how do you process that trauma? So, um, and then one more quick comment. I was listening to a, a, uh, a video by Sebastian Junger recently, and he talks about tribe and how the military is such a big tribe. And that's all part of the transition away from the tribe back into civilian life. And he has this to say about trauma, that we as a species are wired to deal with trauma. I mean, you know, from early on, we've experienced a lot of trauma, in in a lot of ways, you know, fighting for our food and, you know, fighting through wars and, you know, we can process trauma. Okay. We can get past trauma to we, and that's what we've done as a species to survive. But he says, we are not wired for loneliness and social isolation. So when military people leave their military tribe, they feel very, very isolated and and alone. They don't have the camaraderie and, and all the other aspects that go along with that tribe. That's one of the fundamental reasons that a military ministry is so important.
0: You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, isn't it quite possible also that some veterans experience all of this? I'm sitting here thinking about my dad who fought in Vietnam, who does not talk about this at all. I think we've had In my 48 years, we've had one conversation about his time away. Yeah. I I just, I'm thinking, you know, of all these different things that veterans have to deal with that honestly just weren't on my radar. I just didn't realize it. Yes. So they've gone, they fought for our freedoms. Yeah. They come back and to the best of their ability try to move on with. "Quote unquote normal everyday life," yep. but yet yep. inside, what I'm envisioning is inside all this stuff is going yep. on. Yes, ma'am. They're feeling all these things, yep. all these thoughts are here. Wow, that's such a heavy, such a heavy price to pay. Oh, um and, and, and I'm looking here at your your book, "Beyond Thank You for Your Service." I think that's what you were trying to get across, right? Is we owe more than just the platitudes of You know, the shout out on Facebook or Instagram that I appreciate all that you guys have done. There's so much more to this.
1: Right. And let's start off by saying when you see a Vietnam veteran, please say to each and every one of them, welcome home. Thank you for what you've done for us. That is absolutely mm-hmm. critical for you for Vietnam veterans. And you know, they they just, you know, had a horrible experience coming back. I mean, all the things you just described inside and then outside in yeah. in in social life, people were, you know, being very um rude to them if not hateful towards them and so things are very different today tam when um you know people will you know pay for your lunches unexpectedly and you know you get unsolicited you know uh handshakes from from strangers when they've heard you've served and i mean it's really heartwarming but you know what Uh, there is so much more that can be done and um, a recent conversation with a neighbor was that, you know, after World War II, the veterans came home all excited and, you know, wanting to share stories and the community was wrapping their arms around them. And, you know, what the community was very involved in the war, you know, rationing for gas and women going into the factories and, you know, the whole country was at war. But currently, you know, now that we don't have a draft, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we have an all of a very professional, all volunteer force. But when 1% of the military, 1% of our country goes to war, and I've heard this said before, when 1% of our country goes to war, and 99% Mm. of the country goes to the mall. Okay, you can see that our, our focus and our attentions are on different things and all of the country is not involved in sacrificing yeah. to you know to to support iraq afghanistan uh or maybe even in your, ukraine now so war is fought very differently than it was during the time of world war of world war ii if you will um and so the point is that there is so much more to a verbal very sincere thank you for your service. We all really need to go beyond. And and I contend that the actions we take to go beyond center mostly on developing relationships, developing trusting relationships so that the service member and their family veteran can start building their new civilian tribe we all need that social connection and that support and that and and in this case we need people with whom we can promote our spiritual resiliency people who understand faith who are believers who you know can help us move in very positive directions of healing and growth and that all happens in a military ministry
0: absolutely so let's talk about it walk us through how military ministries are formed and what are some of the key players in making them successful?
1: Okay, the first thing is to approach your clergy member, pastor, rabbi, um, priest, and ask, "What are we doing to support military people in our congregation?" And more often than not, you'll get a head scratch,
0: or <laughs> you'll get. you we know, have them stand up on 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 Veterans Day. Yes, well put, <laughs> well put. That's the or, truth.
1: Exactly. Or there's a bulletin board down the hall with pictures of everybody that have served. Now, that's that's kind of the next step after, you know, just standing up during service. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, very nice. Right. But that's thank you for your service. That's what that is. That's the Mm -hmm. thank you level. Right. And so, you know, more often than not, pastors will say, Gee, you know, we could, I don't know, but, you know, maybe we could probably do more. And so that is your opportunity to raise your hand and say, you know what, I would like to partner with you to see how we can make make their lives easier and support them. And so then, you know, once you've got the approval and the support, because it's really a partnership, Tam, mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. a partnership with the clergy member. Um, but the volunteer is the one who takes the lead, is the facilitator, the organization, the, or- the organizer. So then you bring people together. Well, maybe first you have to do some outreach. Who are the military-connected people in the congregation, because you know, a guy may wear a baseball cap, so you can say, "Oh, yeah, he probably served." But women veterans rarely look the part. Women yeah. veterans rarely wear baseball caps, yeah, yeah, right? Like, like for me, I was, I was, I was, I was so excited about you know being able to wear colorful clothing and jewelry that matched my outfits when I got out, and so you couldn't tell for a minute that I'd served in the military, <laughs> right? But, right. Okay, so do a little bit of outreach to to figure out who the people are and that takes time because, you know, some military people may not, you know, care to join a military affiliated group. And then you you bring people together and I kind of say it's it's leadership 101, right? If you if you know how to bring people together and, you know, ask them what they want to do, give them some, you know, some ideas and 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 take the group where the group wants to go. There's no cookie cutter approach. There's no cookie cutter approach. It depends upon the, the demographics, the needs of the people in your congregation. For instance, a an older congregation with, you know, Vietnam veterans will look very different from the needs of a group in a uh, younger congregation with, you know, military spouses who have young young children, right? And so, you know, bring them together, kind of assess what they'd like to do and just start you just start. I'm a firm believer that God will, f- will, will, will guide you along your path,
0: Definitely. you know, as
1: you pray about, you know, what, what, what the next step is. And as you ask your, your participants, what would be meaningful for them? So, you know, would you like me to talk about some of the activities
0: that we do? Yeah, in ours? I, I, I do want you to talk about that because I think that this Mission that you have is is really really important. And I'm imagining that people are listening to us right now thinking, okay, but can I really do this? Like, am I qualified yes. to do this? So I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, are there any special requirements or anything that people need to meet to do this? And then, what does their role as a volunteer look like? What are some of the activities and so forth that they okay? Would need, thank thank you for bringing that up. That's really important. I um. uh,
1: so qualifications it's it's I think preferable if you are a veteran because you have firsthand experience a military spouse is certainly also very qualified a gold star parent someone who's lost a service member to combat someone who's been on the journey where you know, the people are, are where you, where military connected people have been. That, that's relatable. I relatability. Mean, that's imp- yep. Relatability. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a nurse. You don't have to be a counselor. Uh, and uh, be, because your role is not to fix things. You are not a fixer. You are a companion. You are a friend. You are a lay person. And so if you love our military, that is the primary qualification that you need. However, it's important to understand military culture a little bit so that, you know, you don't feel like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. It's also important to have a little bit of leadership skills. Okay, you don't have to, you know, have this big title in order to, you know, leaders are not uh, you aren't a leader because you have a title, you're a leader because you know how to communicate and you know how to make decisions and you know how to relate to people. And, you know, um, and then the other piece is it's really good to have some knowledge about the veteran community so that you have some awareness about where to go to look for support. Should you need that? Okay. Now, um, in the, in the last, uh, comment uh you also it's important that you have a a relationship with your pastor because your pastor is going to know about support systems in the local community that might not be veteran specific but they are you know certainly helpful and important you know counseling or you know you know food banks or you know who knows whatever homeless shelters you know they're going to know your community really really well probably and you know really working at developing that relationship with the pastor so that they uh they get a sense of frankly a sense of ownership of it although the, the volunteers doing the most of the work and right. they get a sense of yeah this is a good thing and and you you know you support each other so that's that's really the qualifications and um i, I, I get that there there may be some apprehension concern maybe fear about stepping out and doing something like this uh, for instance A a deacon, who, as you know, is a volunteer in the Catholic Church, uh, took like three courses we offered through the Ohio National Guard. And he called me after he'd done all these classes. And he said, Kathy, what else do I need to know to be able to do this? And I said, Deacon Todd, you have everything you need already. Start and lead with your heart. Okay, so he started a non-denominational program focused on pairing prayer and pairing it's covered in the book mm-hmm. prayer when he came together with the military couple and then pairing the veteran with another veteran in the community who had already transitioned okay that's one way to approach this mm-hmm. um and so uh and I said well you you, you express some frust- you express some concern early on about, you know, not knowing how to handle somebody with PTSD or who was suicidal, because, you know, he's a volunteer, he runs a computer business as his okay. as his primary job, right? But he's mm-hmm. a man of faith. And I said, you know, three years into this taught Deacon, how did that go? And he says, you know what, it's never come up. It's never come up, because he was I believe, you know, proactive that in, in helping pray for them and connecting them, helping that veteran build their new tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so, uh, you know, there's some scary things potentially uh, about embarking on this, but you aren't expected to have all the answers. You aren't expected to fix it. You're expected to provide friendship, practical support and encouragement, work through your clergy and refer people and just understand your limitations. And so what I do is offer a monthly coaching call. I title it Military Ministries Matter, the first Sunday of every month for an hour. you We can come and talk about, you know, where are you on your journey? How can I encourage you? How can I teach you? Uh, and so it's very doable if you don't have these expectations of yourself that are unrealistic. Yes, there's some learning and, you know, there's a little bit of uh, teaching that I think is 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 helpful and will make you feel more confident. But again, you you um, don't have to have all the answers to do this.
0: No, no. And I think, you know, for this community, your message is very appropriate. You know, everyone that tunes into this podcast is a person of faith and they've already taken some steps of faith to write and publish their book or they're in the process of doing so right so this in my mind this is just another example of the situation where we we have to get out of the boat and we have yeah. to trust that yeah. you know as we go in a direction that we're being called to that god will provide whatever it is that we feel that we lack but you know as i as i reflect on what you've shared Kathy you know the, the word that keeps coming to my mind because it's one that I talk about often is, is relationships. And you said it a couple of times, right? If we really think about this as building relationships, it becomes less scary because nice. relationships um, are, 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 win-win healthy relationships are win-wins, right? So yeah. I'm doing, I, I'm, I'm being a blessing to you and you're being a blessing to me. They're also imperfect. I I, I love all of my, you know, my family, my friends, uh, those are some of my most cherished relationships, but they're not perfect towards me, nor am I perfect towards them. Yeah. Um, but when we approach this from the standpoint of a relationship, we know that there are going to be moments of imperfection, but we choose to love anyway. And so I think if we can lean into it and focus on that and trust that the God will be with us and be prayerful, as Deacon Todd was, then then we'll be fine. And so the common bond
1: of military service makes creating or building relationships easy because everybody wants, oh, well, where were you stationed? What did you do? Mm, You know, it's, it's, it's just a very easy flowing conversation that, that, that builds friendships very quickly. And so you're right. It's, it's about being a friend, it's about listening. Mm-hmm. It's about encouraging. It's about okay, you know what? 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 What are we going to pray about this time? You know, who, what's on your prayer list? How can we pray for you? And so there's some there's some vulnerability there, but you're, you're not coming for a counseling session. You're you're just really trying to be a facilitator, a facilitator of connection, a facilitator of the Lord's work. And, and and being supportive. And so uh it, it really it really is magical in its simplicity, Tam, Don't okay? Be- <laughs> no, because because now this is the other beauty. Um, now, I'm not a combat veteran. My husband and is, and he came alongside me a little reluctantly <laughs> to to do this with me, right? and um and so what happens is as you bring people together our group is made up of military moms military spouses combat veterans women veterans i mean we're very eclectic right mm-hmm. and we're we're basically a fellowship group where you get together monthly for you know potlucks and we we touch base and we pray for one another i have a prayer list and you know i have an email that i send out monthly but then we also do service projects but the point i'm trying to make here is that if because I'm not a combat veteran, I can't relate. I can't relate to the guys, and the guys aren't going to want to talk to me about that, right? Yeah. But there are other people in the group that can fill in the gaps right. of things that you don't know or understand. For instance, there was a, uh, uh, a uh, an, an army guy who was an, an infantry officer who went to a program called Mighty Oaks. And it is a, uh, a a residential, if you will, program to help people heal through the healing power of Jesus. Well, my friend went to this thing as an atheist, okay, as, mm. as or agnostic, one or the other. He didn't believe, and it, by the time he left, he'd been saved and he's a believer, okay, <laughs> well, right? <that's> powerful. <laughs> it's very powerful. So then he comes back to this to our military ministry, Vet Connect, and he's talking with a. Uh, An an Air Force combat veteran who has pretty significant PTSD, right? So guess what? This other guy goes to Mighty Oaks and comes back and says, I was able to heal 30 years of stuff in my life. And he came back feeling a complete, like a completely new and different person. Now he's had some, you know, he's had some tough times since, since then. But the point is that I didn't go to Mighty Oaks. I didn't have that revolutionary experience. Somebody else did in the the group. And so you can rely on the group members to support each other in ways that you have no idea about. I mean, that's that's God working in the group, right? Yeah. And, And bringing resources together. So you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to. You know, uh, get outside your comfort zone a little bit and bring people together and see what makes sense and problem solve with the group members and or the the pastor and and know about resources. And that's where I come in. I have resources. I have lots of resources and lots of ideas to help you figure out how to do this well.
0: Perfect, perfect. Well, well, let's talk about, you know, you're right. You have been able to, uh, through your experiences and connections, Come up with all of these resources. You're able to be a resource to them as they're building this out, and you've got your coaching calls and all of these great things. Where do you see all of this going, Kathy? Like, what is the vision that God has given you uh, for the future? You know, we're at at, as the time of of this recording, we're heading into 2023. It's hard to believe it, Uh, but but we are. And I'm curious. You know, where do you see this going? Well, in our local
1: community where VetConnect originated in a small, non-denominational church called Christ Church of Fountain Hills. We are going to be partnering with a larger church and expanding uh, in, our, in our community of about 30,000 or so. That's the population. And so that's the first step, right? Um, I'm also, I've hired a service to, that's how you and I got connected, Tam to get the message out through podcasts, mm-hmm. to talk to faith community leaders and encourage them to get involved. And so I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that more and more faith communities will, will participate across the nation. And I'm going to be available at least one uh, Sunday a month to offer some coaching. And then here locally in the state of Arizona, uh, I'm going to Go out on the speaking circuit and talk to congregations that are willing to listen about how valuable this is for their congregational members and their community members and how important it is that they get involved. And I'm going to continue to do my marketing and social media to try to get people's attention. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. There's a, a gal in a, a community so- south of here who would like to uh, start one. And so there's, there's, there's people who are interested in learning more, but, you know, you, it really has to get placed on your heart and you, and, and, you know, it has to be a lot of willingness. So a lot of prayers going into this. And mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll see where, we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to just, my intention for 2023 is to just do more and more marketing to build awareness.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, some of the vehicles that you've mentioned, our community is passionate about too, you know, leveraging social media to get the word out, you going physically as well as podcasts. That's one thing that we offer as well as getting people booked on podcasts. So those are all great vehicles to to help get this message out. And I want to also rally our listening audience. We have a community of over 2000 Christian authors um, who uh, no doubt can identify with a lot of what you've shared today. What is the best next step for them? Where can they find you um, online? And, you know, do you want them to check out the book? What, what is the best next step for them?
1: Of course, I want you to check out the book, please. It's called Beyond Thank You for Your Service, the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians, available on Amazon. And it covers uh, not only the faith community, but employers, lawyers, educators, and uh community leaders generally gives you a a bunch of just real practical ways that you can be that veteran champion, that veteran champion who promotes quality of life workforce and community through your actions, All right? No action is too small, right? Knocking on your neighbor's door when they just came back from deployment and saying, hey, here's a casserole, Woo. That's what veteran champions do. And and veteran champions can do just so much more. So, yeah, the book will be a great way to get you get you rolling, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I would encourage you to go to VanguardVeteran.com under what we do and look for military ministry builder. And there's a bunch of resources there or go under. resource tab and learn about soul injury read peace at last so you have an understanding about maybe the combat veterans perspective Um, i also offer a quiz uh, uh, a military ministry quiz it's just a fun free thing for you to do to see okay where am i in my thought process on this and you know what what can i learn better and so that's under military ministry builder but you know just for now I would ask that you become more sensitive, more aware of, okay, who may be the military people in my community, in my neighborhood and in my place of worship beyond just kind of see if you can get a sense for who those people might be and, you know, start being friendly towards them, you know, just greet them Um, and then, you know. uh, just start socializing with your with your pastor and uh, your your decision makers in your in your congregation and say, you know, I've, I've really had this on my heart recently about the needs of our military people. And you know what? Uh, because of the pandemic, uh, because of the uh, really bad withdrawal from Afghanistan, mm-hmm. okay, both of those things are very negative influencers on the mental health of our veterans. Okay, it's tough. It's tough anyway to come home from war or to transition out of military service because of the loss of tribe or because of, you know, moral injury or other, you know, you know, conditions of military service of war. But then to, you know, lop on top of that, you know, the tough the tough times we had through COVID and, um, you know, how people feel about, you know, the Afghanistan withdrawal. So it's it's really a really great time now to to start thinking about what you can do to to support this population that's done so much for us. Right? (laughs) Right. Freedom freedom is never free. And uh and you, you know every citizen has an opportunity to do more as a veteran champion to help promote their quality of life and 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 their and, and their and their return to spirituality and and their return to 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 their potential, right? Uh, so please consider who your military people might be in your neighborhood, in your congregation. Start talking with your pastors about the the possibility, and join my coaching call uh, the first Sunday to see what makes sense for you and how I can encourage you to do more.
0: Absolutely. So family, we're going to have all of the links that Kathy talked about, the links to the website and all of that in the show notes. So make sure that you head there, click the link, check out what Kathy is doing and how you can be a part of it. Um, Beyond Thank You for Your Service is available now. Get that. It's a great first step in this direction. Um, Kathy, before I let you go, I'm thinking about everything that we've talked about today. We've talked about so much, and and I know it has to be a, a personal sacrifice for you to continue Aww. to champion this cause. So I wanna say, first of all, thank you for doing this uh-huh. because I have such a greater appreciation um, for the freedoms that I enjoy and the people that work to ensure that I have them um, as a result of our conversations. But I'm also incredibly inspired because I know um, as, as a entrepreneur, as a ministry leader, that you don't always get instant rewards from the mm. work that you do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you still have to make the decision every day ah. to get up and to keep going and to keep pushing forward. And I know some days um, are easier to do that than others. So I would love for you to just share as a final word, like, what keeps you going? Like, what is your number one motivation? Because it might inspire someone else that's listening to us right now that's maybe in a similar space, whether it's with their book or the ministry that God has called them to. Give them a word of encouragement based on what encourages
1: you. In this space, I know I'm doing the Lord's work. So that is beautiful, right? I may not be the best best person to know how to lead someone to Christ, but through my behavior, I hope that I demonstrate that I am a Christian. And so that is what I can do. Right. Um, and so that fills me up uh, greatly. Right. The, the other thing that it fills me up is that I really work hard to, to find the small wins. Okay. Okay. The small ways that because I said yes hmm. to leading a military ministry, I just gave you that example about this combat veteran who went to Mighty Oaks. Well, that wouldn't have happened unless I had gathered people together, unless the Lord had said, Kathy, go do this, right? <clears throat> or um, you know, just just small things like. Um, seeing the growth of one of our members from in the last three years, how, 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 how pain, how, how much pain she was in and, and how she was struggling with um, multiple things. And now to see as an empty nester, how she's growing and that joy in her face. And, you know, again, I didn't do that, but I was on the journey with her. And listening and you know, encouraging her to be a part of our group. I mean, that is a beautiful thing that's super rewarding. Or to to support someone else through the death of their of their parent, okay, just by being a friend, because I met them through VetConnect. Um, you know, encouraging the wife of, of a of a, of a of a veteran who doesn't want to come out of his bedroom. Right. I mean, I love this lady and, you know, I, I spend time with her to have coffee and uh, just, you know, offer her my ideas and, and you know, pray with her. I mean, oh, those things are so fulfilling for me because I have I have trusting trusting relationships with people who are hurting and and I feel like I can make a small difference mm-hmm. just by being there. And, um, and, and if you will love them in the ways that, that I know how to do. And so the small, those are small wins, but they're really not. That is the essence oh, of the whole good. thing, that's right? It, it just is. And so, uh, it, it makes me feel good and, and I, I feel rewarded and, I, and I, and I, and I know that, that the Lord wants me to do this work and he's, he's, you know, pushing me to, to keep doing it. And I'm like. I'm going, I'm going, I'm doing, I'm ready. Use me, Lord, use me.
0: Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author, or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.